1: So I just came home from school. And today in class we were learning PJK with this male teacher. Going good, you know. We were talking about sexual harassment and how to take care of yourself, your body rights. And then we were talking about how there's a lot of laws protecting minors from sexual abuse or sexual harassment. And then he said, guess what? He really said that and the girls were like quiet. But the, the boys, oh, they were laughing. Like, it was so funny to joke about raping someone.
0: Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Shao Ik, for another episode of Because Feelings Matter. That was from a TikTok video posted in April 2021 by Ayn Husniza, then a 17-year-old Form 5 student. In the video, she was expressing her horror over a rape joke that her physical education teacher had made during a class lesson about sexual abuse and harassment. He had joked that if you want to rape someone, make sure they're above the age of 18. After the incident, Ain went on to champion a social movement, hashtag make school a safer place where she used her platforms on TikTok, Instagram and Twitter to speak up against sexual harassment, misogyny and violence towards girls and women. For her outspoken advocacy, she has been interviewed by international and local media, invited for public talks and advocacy events, and met with politicians and policymakers. But she has also been socially ostracised, cyberbullied and body shamed. On this episode of Because Feelings Matter, Ayn opens up about the turbulent experiences since she began her advocacy and how she manages her vulnerabilities.
1: Hi, I'm Ayn Husniza. I'm 18 years old and I just finished my SPM in March. A couple of my struggles that I have personally went through was definitely um, body image issues and the kind of attacks that I got from people online especially after the incident. And um, people were attacking me not only just for what I was fighting for, because I am an advocate for school safety, for anti-sexual harassment. But these people, they weren't only just attacking my opinion... It, it wasn't really a debate. It wasn't really an argument. It was just insults to my body, to my face, to my personality. And it was a full-blown um, attack just on me as a person. And it really affected on the way I view myself, not only just physically, but also mentally. And not only that, but it also affected my family members. So these are the things that I was going
0: through. When I first meet Ayn, she's quiet and reserved. It's hard to imagine her at the centre of a national maelstrom over sexual harassment in schools. But when she starts speaking, she sheds all her reservations and exceeds the maturity of an 18-year-old. That kind of confidence isn't something that develops overnight. Ayn attributes it to her upbringing. I'm very
1: privileged to have my family, honestly, because they are one of my most um, strongest support system and they are definitely one of the reasons why I'm able to continue advocating until today. They raise me and my siblings to be individuals that have a strong stance, people that fight for their rights and definitely not the kind of person to like back down whenever there's any kind of injustice. They really just let me and trust me in anything that I chose to do. Of course, I think in every family, it's normal that we have um, arguments and like not the same kind of viewpoint. But I think one of the things like I really love, the qualities I love about my parents is that they also view each one of the children as their own person. They respect my opinions. They respect my stance. And when I say, no, that's not right, Aya, that's not right, Mama. I think you should change your viewpoint. They listen to me and they respect my viewpoints as a person. And I think that's the thing that really made me confident as my person in myself, and also in my opinion. Because if you want to fight for your own right, you have to be confident enough that what you're fighting for is something that you deserve. Something that I know, I as a person, this is my right to fight for and it's what I deserve, especially in a classroom. I deserve to be in a safe setting and I deserve to hear the right things from my teacher. And that's what they taught me, to have that kind of confidence. So I grew up to be very outspoken. <laughs> And um, because of my a lot of like reading and things, I um, started to widen my horizons, especially. So, actually, um, it might be surprising to some of you, but my father. He used to be very conservative. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Even though when we were younger, he was teaching us, instilling all of these good qualities into us. Of course, when you're born and when you're raised in this kind of culture, which is very misogynistic, you're bound to have some kind of, you know, effect to it. And my father, he used to be that kind of person. And really... Up to this day, um, when people ask me, Ayn, why are you not afraid to talk to people about like um about like equality and things like that? Why are you not afraid to fight for women's rights? And it's actually because my father was the hardest person for me to convince. And when I managed to convince, and when he, you know, say like, oh, Ayn, I, I think I think I understand. I think I understand. And I mean, even up to this day, he's one of the biggest advocate, advocate and supporter by my side. So it's really it really convinces me, it really gives me hope that people are able to change. And if my father, I know, especially in an Asian family, your Asian father is probably one of the scariest people to you. And for me, it was the same. Oh my God. Like, talk to the Prime Minister. Okay. Talk to media. Okay. But my father, okay, okay, it need to take some time. <laughs> so really, um, after I managed to, you know, like bridge back with my father and even after this, he really supports my um, I'm I'm not afraid to talk to other people, to try to convince them, you know, it's not, maybe your viewpoint is wrong. Maybe it's time for us to really, you know, get into a new mindset.
0: Secure in her belief that injustices should be called out, Ayn did what she thought was right after her teacher made the rape joke. But she wasn't prepared for what was to follow.
1: Because teachers are such a big like such a big influence to students, I was really shocked when last year, around April, my physical education teacher he mentioned some things that were inappropriate as a teacher to be set in classroom and it sparked such a big movement when I posted it on social media and it turns out it wasn't something that was just individually happening to me it wasn't just one case that is in that one school but it was happening so much across Malaysia and they were saying that my teacher also did the same thing I also went through the same thing but I was scared to speak up against him and it really showed how this issue, how this problem isn't just something that was just a one-off case, but it was actually a virus that was like, corrupting our school system. And why I say a virus that is corrupting our school system? Because these kind of mindsets, and especially during a session that was teaching specifically around sexual harassment, If you bring the wrong idea onto the table, if you don't manage to educate children in the right way, especially around sex education, it could bring very, very bad consequences. And when this kind of issue isn't just something that is happening to me, but happening so widespread across the country, it is so dangerous because this sex education is the kind of education that we need to protect ourselves. So when it's not being presented in the right way, there is something wrong with our education system. So um, I continue to advocate for the issue and people were very against me, obviously. Um, People were attacking me not only for what I was speaking for, but they were also attacking from how I looked. They said, oh, because you look like that, then it's no surprise that the teacher said that in class. It was so shocking on how much they blamed me for how I was acting because apparently in the TikTok, I wasn't wearing a hijab and some people blame me that I wasn't covering myself modestly. So that was why the teachers said those kind of things in class. When in fact, during class, I was wearing like the normal baju kurung, like school uniform and... As I spoke, as I advocated, as I continued with what I wanted to express to people, the attacks started getting more and more um, worse. People were like attacking me solely on my body at one point. They were saying that your body is like that. so therefore like you're like the one that is trying to invite what the teacher's saying. And it wasn't even just about the case anymore. It was just solely about me and how I looked and apparently how bad it was and how I talked and how it was unbecoming of a woman.
0: How did all this make you feel?
1: Um, it really affected me a lot in the way that sometimes when I eat, it feels like, oh, do I deserve to eat this? Some it was that bad. And of course my family was very worried about me and they tried to, you know, you know, I mean, like my father completely banned me off Facebook <laughs> because he thought that what the people saying there weren't true. Don't go on, don't go on the platform. Like just shut yourself off from the comments. But sometimes it is inevitable that will go through my timeline. And when I read those comments, most of the times I wasn't really sad for what it was because it showed to me that this is something that every woman has gone through when they try to speak up at some time. And it's just something that I'm experiencing for myself when I try to fight for my justice. And if I needed to go through this to get the justice for so many other students out there, for so many other girls out there that are going through the same thing that I am or even worse, then it's okay with me. But of course, it really just at some point like I didn't notice when it started to affect me because at first when I read through it I was like okay 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 and it didn't really affect me that much emotionally but unnoticeably it suddenly like sometimes I would just get very um, self-conscious about how I looked and how I look my clothes if I was wearing the right things if I was speaking the right way am I speaking too loudly am I not speaking the way a woman should as they say (laughs) like thank god for the strong support system around me because i say this is why so many victims out there are scared of speaking their truth because society shuns them and force them back into silence and i think is it really my fault is there was there any kind of way that i could have done better and that was the
0: type of things that i thought in advocating to make schools a safer place, Ayn's own school became unsafe and unwelcoming for her. There is a tragic irony in that fact. I actually didn't attend
1: school because exact reason it was not a safe space for me anymore. There were a lot of um messages, like very um threatening messages, especially from my schoolmates. And actually it happens a lot for students in like in other situations, which they would be um, alienated by their schoolmates, um, they would be cyber bullied. Cyber bullying is definitely one of the biggest threats to a victim's you know mental health, physical health, and at that time, I was lucky enough to actually get an offer to go to another school. Which means, like, the school was, like, providing me a safe space to study in, a um, safe environment for me to, know, to have friends again. But think about, like, all of the other students that haven't had the privilege to be offered. And at that time, before I got the offer, I was so worried because it was also the year that I was going to get my SPM. I was going through my SPM. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I'm trying to fight for my own justice, but... What happened is that I wasn't in a safe space anymore where I was able to do the things that I was supposed to have a right to as a student. So it really made me think that what about the people that didn't get the same support that I did?
0: I wasn't only worried for herself, but for her family too.
1: I was definitely worried about my siblings, especially my youngest, more like in primary school siblings. And because some of them, like, they were already being attacked by their classmates. People were questioning them about, oh, is it your sister that did that? And some of them even got, like, WhatsApp messages from their batchmates. And these are primary school students attacking her, asking, oh, your, your sister got sued, um, five million, blah, 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 like that. Again. And I was so worried about them because of what I did. People started attacking even to my youngest and it was hard to bear the thought that oh they needed to go through all of this because it was my fault because I put them through this and it was actually one of the things that made me feel very guilty because I thought oh because of me like my family has to go through all of this and it actually
0: made me very sad for quite a while. Even after leaving her school, Ayn continued to come under attack. We'll hear more when we come back from the break. This is because feelings matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. Stay tuned to Health and Living BFM eighty nine point nine. Hello. Welcome back to Health & Living, I'm Shao Ik bringing you another episode of Because Feelings Matter. Ayn Husniza is a name you probably know from all the media reports and social media conversations that went viral since she spoke up about rape culture and sexual harassment in schools last year. If you're active on social media, you might have seen some of the comments in response to her posts. And it is these responses, even more so than the initial incident at school, that became a source of immense mental and emotional distress to Ayn.
1: During the peak of the incident and at that time, um, people were talking about it in everywhere, in every platform. And one of the Most (laughs) toxic platform at that time was this, was Facebook, and there was this group of teachers, and the group of teachers was called like Kami Guru Malaysia, and just so you know, this group was actually formed by teachers only for teachers, and it was also a really really big group. It had around like one hundred thousand members. So I mean, but it might even contain if not all, but most teachers of Malaysia 100,000 members so in that group one of the teachers that one of the members there they posted a picture of me basically the news of me or what what are you guys opinion on this news and it was so surprising and so like horrifying honestly to read whatever they commented in this post because these are not just general members of society. These are our teachers. And they commented things about my bodies, Things like, oh, she looks like a mother of nine. And you can imagine how hurtful this is to hear, as for me at that time, I was 17-year-old, and they said that I look like a prostitute. Not only that, they said things about my breasts, just about my general body, and there were even some comments that were saying, oh... If her body is like that, then I bet the teacher was salivating. And this came from a teacher. This came from a teacher. And when you look into the profiles of each and one of the teachers, you find out one of the teachers is a teacher at a primary school. Primary school, not not secondary school. Secondary school, we have maybe teenagers a bit ab- more able to protect themselves maybe. But these are primary school teachers. And we expect our children to be safe with these kind of teachers around them. And this is a very big group. And what does it say about our education system when most of the comments on the post was like that? What does it mirror? What does it reflect? And it's so worrying because there was also counsellors in the comment section So what are their awareness? What are their awareness as teachers on the safety of children if they themselves made those comments towards me, a child? How are they behaving towards their own students in their own respective schools? And it was so worrying to me. Not only because I was like, have to bear the brunt of those comments and like the mental effect that it had on me, but the awareness that, oh, these are the kind of teachers that we have in Malaysia.
0: So with the fact that you're so visible on social media, in a sense, you're on display for the world to see. And that can be a double-edged sword, right? Because while you want people to identify with you, you also risk losing your privacy. So what do you want to share about yourself, mentally or emotionally, that people don't actually see?
1: As I said, I struggle a lot with my um, body image. It was mostly by the objectifying, sexualizing, degrading comments about it. And it affected me so much to a point where I was... I I didn't even go out of my room. Because I was just so ashamed of myself. Like, oh, maybe what they said was right. Oh, I am ugly. Oh, I am disgusting. And I didn't go out at all. Like... I remember there was this time I wanted to go hiking with my friends and it was something that I do normally. I was, I'm was i a pretty active person. But at that time, there were people that recognised me there and they kept like pointing at me and it felt so dehumanising, honestly. And they were leering at me and things like that. So after that incident, I didn't go out at all. And this was actually just one of the worst parts of me, it was, I was like generally my lowest point. Um, What happened was actually after that, I gained around 30 kilograms because I wasn't taking care of myself like at all. I wasn't moving at all and I wasn't taking care of my, like the way I was eating. And because these people, they were so focused on my bodies, that was all that they could see. And even after that, even after I gained weight, of course they said, Oh, she gained so much weight. And not only that, but even when I was at that state, they still had the audacity to sexualize my body. And it's one thing to be degraded, to be um, insulted, but to be sexualized, it makes you feel like I was just a piece of flesh, like stuck in my body. And it felt so disgusting to be me at that time because people were just viewing me with their own kind of you know lust and disgusting tendencies so i really had like not a lot of self-worth like i didn't want to go out anymore not only because safety is another issue but i also have to worry about being insecure (laughs) i had to worry about oh um i don't feel myself because when also when you kind of change a lot especially physically you also don't feel yourself and when I actually gained that 30 kilograms, I started to feel even worse because, of course, the fat phobia comments started to come in. And it made me um, really hard to, you know, eat. It made me hard, like very hard to like go out with my friends. I wasn't confident in making friends even. I wasn't confident to talk to people. I wasn't confident to even do interviews like this because when other people focus on it, they focus on flaws that, oh, I didn't notice I have that flaw before. And they focus on that. So there's like a lot of things like, oh, suddenly like I'm very listless, I'm very restless. So when you want to talk to people, when you want to do an interview, it's very hard, especially at that point. So it affected me from the way that, you know, I was sleeping, I was eating and I just did not feel myself. I did not feel like myself. And I think at that time, what the comments were meaning to do, to dehumanise me, actually worked at that time. And it's, that was the lowest point. Are you past that point now? Currently, of course, I'm meeting a lot of therapists. <laughs> so I'm on my way to, unfortunately, trying to undo the damage that has been done.
0: As the attacks on Ayn grew and she became increasingly prominent in the public eye, it was clear that the risk was not only to her mental health, but to her physical safety. Collectively, as a family, how did you decide to deal with the situation? We were forced to move from our previous house.
1: Like, all of us, we all had to relocate where it was a safer place because at that time, uh, no one was, like, really... In a conducive environment, in their schools, even like all of my siblings, we they all had um, instances where they were being attacked, they were being asked about my incident. So we all were forced to relocate to another place in where I was hoping they would be able to, you know, be more safe, be more comfortable learning there or working there. There was like no, or oh maybe like coping or maybe talking to the teachers because it was just so bad, we just had to drastically move on. But
0: if Ain's detractors were hoping to silence her, they were to be disappointed. Instead, she was using the conversations and debates raging around her to champion the hashtag Make School a Safer Place campaign.
1: Um, so the Make School a Safer Place um, campaign is really... A campaign that advocates for a um, safer and more conducive environment for students in school, where they are not being discriminated, either by their gender or their race. And the thing is, the thing is, after I started the movement, it was so surprising because, in every platform I have, I have different kind of audiences. And in TikTok especially, I noticed more of my audience was people my age. And basically, on the hashtag, make school a safer place, there was around 30 million views and a lot of videos in the hashtag itself was made by people my age. People um, in school students in secondary school that were making their own videos on advocating for safety in schools and it really made me so happy at that time because it showed that it wasn't just me fighting for this alone but it was something that every student in Malaysia wanted for themselves, safety in school and what I really hope to achieve with this movement is for not only for students to know about the importance of safety in school and on anti-harassment, anti-bullying kind of um, policies, but also for adults to finally acknowledge that we have our own voice and this is what we want and this is what we, we want you to implement in our schools.
0: It's not simply a pipe dream to want a safe environment in schools. It's not wishful thinking to want teachers who nurture and inspire children. I knows this because she has had positive experiences in school. She has had teachers who made an impact on her life. Teachers have
1: a very, very big impact on their students. Um, not only from their behaviour, but also the kind of, you know, the kind of, like, mottos you eventually pass on to your students and, like, what kind of things that they're going to do in the future. I remember um, when I was in form four or something, I was, I actually were very close to these two teachers. And honestly, I'm more closer to my teachers rather than my friends because my teachers have always, you know, been there for me and they really supported me in everything that I was doing. And it's really important for students to have that kind of support system in school. Because in school, you don't have your parents there. You have your teachers. They are the adults there and they are expected to be the ones that are nourishing you. And it's really sad somehow in some cases where students are not being supported in whatever they want to do and and if the teachers like end up like passing on to the wrong thing the wrong kind of mindsets in them and at the time I think I was really interested in writing so this was the same kind of like poetry teacher and she was the one that really uh, encouraged me to continue writing to continue reading and it made me more motivated in whatever career choices I wanted to make and essentially when you're a school student, you spend more time at school rather than at home. It's like at school, around your friends, around your teachers, they are going to be the ones that are most likely going to influence you. And sometimes we can't really expect like, students from like, whatever kind of family they have But school is a place where it's like centralised, like, oh, no matter what kind of family you come to at this school, you will be accepted, you will be nourished, you will be supported. So that is the kind of setting that we want to grow in schools. And teachers are the most important weapon in making sure that these kind of safe environment is being um, cultivated around the
0: students. You've talked a lot about how all the incidents of the past year have affected your mental health. And it is very clear that while you have been speaking up on the rights of children and young people, those very same rights are being violated when it comes to your own mental health. So what kind of changes would you like to see in the ecosystem around you? I hope people start taking
1: this issue more seriously and especially what I've noticed, um, our Malaysian netizen is very ruthless. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they have no qualms on attacking you, whether it be on your looks or what you're saying, and it shows the kind of a lack of awareness around not only students' mental health, especially in the campaign "Make School a safer Place." Not only that, but a lack on mental health in general, because they were they so freely attacked me, like not not acknowledging that I was just a child at that time and. It really showed that we, as a general, don't really have any kind of awareness around these kind of issues. Because if we did, we wouldn't do it, obviously. And there was this instance, I remember, um, I made a TikTok. And at that time, I was very tired, basically very emotionally tired as well, because if I'm not mistaken, um, I just went home from a visit to a police station. Uh, I said on the caption, I hope you guys take us seriously. I'm so tired of this, and um, I think I I kind of showed that I was being more like a bit more emotionally unstable at that time. And basically, the what people said was that they said that I look crazy. So at the time, it showed that oh, it's it's not like it's not like you really care about my mental state. But it was just them, you know, constantly using just finding another point to attack me. So. Collectively, I would like for us all to really acknowledge on the importance of mental health, especially because it's such a general topic. It's such a general issue that if we just started going into that step, into the right step on acknowledging the importance, then it would just help to make things a lot better generally in Malaysia, in our schools, in our online settings and things like that.
0: Ayan has had to face not only public bullying, trolling and harassment, but also numerous trips to the police station to lodge reports against the harassment against her, as well as court appearances in relation to the one million ringgit defamation suit filed by the physical education teacher against her, as well as the countersuit that she and her family have since filed. All this can't have been easy to deal with, especially while preparing for her SBM examinations which she aced with seven A's. But I had to ask her what motivates her to continue her public advocacy and throughout it all, where she's drawn support from.
1: In some more, in situations where I was a bit more um, emotionally unstable, especially, it was hard to really retell the story over and over again. Because sometimes I was forced to. It wasn't on my own, like, willing, like, consentfully, like, trying to tell the story. Sometimes um, I needed to tell it because I was going to meet an, another therapist. And it felt kind of like a big burden of me on me sometimes because um, I had to open, like, such a raw and vulnerable memory for me. But why I keep continuing doing it, especially... In like interviews when especially And then when uni students Ask me for an interview right? Um, because I know that From all of the things that I've shared That someone might not feel alone Someone, maybe just one person out that Might feel less alone When they know that I'm going through The same thing that they have Even when On most of my social medias I try to put on a very strong front I show this like advocating side of me And once in a while I would like to show that It's completely human And it's completely normal to feel sad And the way that I do And I'm not just like Some kind of strong person Of course, one of the biggest forms of support Is from my family But another one I would like to mention Is that the type of support That actually came from the victims themselves And it's actually so sad It's very, very sad because they would share it to me, um, I, I actually went through something similar as you, but I got expelled from school. Or even worse, I, they got sexually harassed, or they got bullied, not only just from misogynism as a problem itself, but maybe it was racism for the color of their skin, or it was some kind of like seniority problem, especially in boarding schools. So there were so many issues that we're going through and when they spoke to me they said that what I did brought them solace brought them hope for a better um, experience and maybe justice for themselves it was really a form of motivation for me to go on because it really struck deep on the way there were so many victims out there so many students out there but they didn't get the same support system that I did they weren't as privileged as me to get such a lovely family as mine and Last but not least, they were failed by our education system. And sometimes people say, Oh no, it's the family's role to take care of the child. But really, the school should be a safe space for all students because we can't depend on oh this family would be good to them, this family would be nice to them. But in school, no matter what kind of problem they're going to, maybe domestic abuse and problems like that, they can refer to the teachers. And it's really the role of the school.
0: Do you wish that it had never happened?
1: Not really, because what I've noticed is ever since the incident, I've met so many inspiring individuals. I've met so many students that were amazing, that were so impressive because like they shed my vision, they shed my hopes for the future and I will never change whatever happened because from the victims that i met from the victims that you know said that what i what i was doing was giving them hope so from everything that happened and up to until now i wouldn't change and i will still continue advocate for what i'm fighting for
0: so a lot of people think they know you just because of what they see and read on social media or through media reports but what do you want to tell people about who you really are beyond those labels and perhaps stereotypes?
1: I want all of you to know that despite of whatever that um, I've been saying, whatever I have did up to this point, is that I am a very normal Malaysian girl just like everyone else. And that's why I think it's the beauty of the situation because me right now... It's easy for other students to relate to me, I think. Because I tell them, oh, um, I watch anime also. I sometimes um, browse the internet internet um, listlessly for hours. I also do the same thing. <laughs> but it shows that you don't need to be a special kind of person. You don't need to have certain privileges to know that you deserve the same rights. Because what I'm doing right now, the way that... I'm fighting for this issue is I want to show that I'm just the same as all the other students out there. I also go through my hard times. I also go through my um, easy times. But it does not mean that my rights mean any less.
0: I've been speaking to Ayn Hosniza, an advocate for the hashtag Make School a Safer Place campaign. This is Because Feelings Matter, a series featuring personal stories of people and their mental health issues. If you missed any part of the show, or if you'd like to listen to previous podcasts, you can search for it on bfm.my or on our BFM app. You've been listening to Health & Living on BFM 89.9.